We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on in Perth, Western Australia. The Wajuk people of the Noongar Nation. We wish to acknowledge their continuing culture. And pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. We're back. Well, I'm back. You just happen to be with me again. Yes, that's 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 correct. Well, I I'd did... say you like a bad smell that you know won't go away, but to be honest, I need the company. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did point out that we probably needed to do a, a was cast because you hadn't uh, put one out there in a while. Yes, it, it it has been a while, and um, I'm a little bit ashamed to to say. Um, but I've been producing some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And you're, you're Catherine and I'm Lewis, just in case anyone was wondering. That's true. Yeah. People might wonder. People yeah. might not care at all. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the beauty of it, really. At the end of the day, it is what it is. Very true, very it true. It is what it is. And it being what it is, Lewis, it was your birthday the other day. It it was. It was my, my birthday. In uh, you know, just Happy to, lockdown <laughs> birthday. Yeah. yeah, just to give some time period kind of a context it is the uh the era of COVID-19 and we are in uh in lockdown so you know not not able to go out and you know catch up with friends or spend time in bars or 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 do anything but I mean April 2020 I really thought that we were going to be packing our bags ready to go on holiday and we ain't yeah yeah we were supposed to be uh supposed to be going on a a cruise on a Disney cruise we had uh, lots of uh, tasting set up, uh, like uh, whiskey tastings and beer tastings and champagne tastings, and we ain't tasting nothing. <laughs> well, that's not true. We've got uh, we do do have. But some, we're doing some home tasting. Yeah, home tastings. That, that, that's the thing. You know, you don't need necessarily be on a ship to be able to taste stuff. You can taste stuff wherever you are. You can. <laughs> um. So, what are we tasting today? Well, it, as you mentioned, it was my birthday a little while ago. And uh, and two very special people uh, bought me some uh, some whiskey. And to... who would those people be? They should get some congratulations. They should. And one, <laughs> one of them was you. You got me. Uh, you, you bought me a lovely bottle of uh, Glenmorangie, uh, age fourteen years old. It's a Quinta Reuben. See now, this is the thing, and you might be able to set me straight here. Um, I got you the Quinta Reuben, mm-hmm. and I can't remember which one it is that you particularly liked, whether it was the Quinta Reuben or whether it was the La Santa. Uh, well, it was the La Santa, but I, I, do, I do like the Quinta Reuben as well. Oh, so, good. I'm yeah. glad. <laughs> I, I think I actually prefer the Quinta Reuben, and that's where I got confused because I was like going, <laughs> oh, which one is it that he particularly likes? I find the La Santa a little bit dry. Oh, okay. Mm. I think it's just the the way the the wood and the finish. I think that it just it just I don't know. It mm. just has this drying effect on my palate. Mm. Um, speaking of dry, my glass is is particularly dry. Well, wait, wait, wait. Before before you get on that, we've also got another another whiskey as no, well. No, well, we'll get to that in a minute. We'll get, okay, we'll I, get... I, th- I think we'll you know. Okay. So why, do... why overwhelm people with information? So we're going to the the the, the gl- gosh. I have been listening to Judith Lucy today, haven't I? <laughs> I've also been listening to a scouser, so if I break out in that, I'm sorry. That's that's right. A scouser and a, and a, a Geordie. I wonder. I wonder how <laughs> a Geordie isn't isn't like isn't London a Geordie's? No. No. So so Geordie's is up north, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So he's a. Oh, what's 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 the word for is um, what's the word for Londoner? I have no idea what you're talking about. You don't know what we're talking about. Londoner. Londoners have have a name as well. Do like, they? Well, 
Well, there's there's um there's Cockney. He's a Cockney. He's a Cockney. <laughs> he's a Cockney. Yes, that's what what he is. He's a Cockney, not a Geordie. Don't be calling him names. Not, he's a top bloke. Yeah, not a Geordie. He's a Cockney. I apologise, Nick. I apologise. So, are you going to see if you can revel in the in the cork pop? You want, you want me to see if I can pop the cork? Oh, nice. Um, that that bottle has had a bit of a um. Had a little bit of a pre-dig. To be honest with you, there ain't much left. <laughs> That's a, well, there's enough for quite a few drinks. Yeah, yeah. So Just <laughs> a lot less than what it started with. <laughs> so it's aged 14 years for a bold and velvety whiskey. Well, I think it's a it's a great um it's a great age for that mm. whiskey. And I mean it's got some beautiful colour in there because of the the wonderful barrels that it's been aged in. Oh, look at you with your um, Scotsman's paw. It's like half a finger, sir. <laughs> I need to space it out. This is okay. my, my, my birthday. You're was... running low. <laughs> the um, the shall, shall we um, shall we get the official pronunciation of Glenmorangie? Okay, the... because I know there's always a bit of a little bit of um, uh, variance in some of the pronunciations that you hear. Yeah, because because like there's um. You know, some people say Glen Morangi and stuff like that, but uh, let, let's find what the, the actual way of pronouncing it is. Hopefully, we're right. <laughs> Glen Morangi. There we go, Glen Morangi. You'd hope that we get it right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, e- even though, um, in one of his songs, uh, in the uh, uh, I don't know, if, I think it was the seventies or eighties, uh, Billy Connolly did say Glen Morangi tastes a little orangey. Yeah, yeah. The only reason he said that was because it, it rhymed. So, um, it doesn't really taste orange. Oh, why get the truth? Um, why let the truth get in the way of a good story? Maybe there's some like citrus and freshness. Oh, there to usually the- is a bit of zestiness. Yeah. Mm. So these port finished ones, I always want to. Um, it is a port barrel, isn't it? Um, it is uh, aged uh, in American bourbon casks and finished in ruby port casks. Ah, there you go. Um, they always m- make me want to eat dark chocolate with them. Yeah. Hmm. Ugh, you always want to eat dark chocolate. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Do you know the weird thing was when I was, I was trying mm. to find the song where Billy Connolly says Glen Morangy tastes a little orangey, mm-hmm. but I couldn't, I couldn't find that. But I did find an article from 2016 saying rare Billy Connolly whiskey up for sale. Oh, do tell. Yeah. Um, so one of the last remaining bottles of whiskey produced for comedian Billy Connolly gigs in 1970 wow. goes under the hammer in Scotland. Uh, the miniature bottles of blended scotch called Nippy Sweetie. Okay. And it was actually like, I remember him talking about uh, his fear of flying. Mm. And he would always make sure that before he got on a plane, that he would have some whiskey. Oh, sound like anyone you know. And he would he called it a, a Nippy Sweetie. So I didn't realize that Nippy Sweetie was actually a brand of whiskey that he was selling at his gigs. But uh, yeah, so so he used to you know basically go on the uh, on the the planes and uh, and get uh, trashed so that uh, he could fly and not be scared. But uh, yeah, he said that the miniature bottles of blended whiskey called Nippy Sweetie is believed to be the last in existence, um, and it was produced by Douglas Lang and Co for Billy Connolly's gigs that were sold at the Biggin. Uh, gigs in Glasgow in 1970 by the lady who also sold the ice creams. <laughs> nice. Ice creams, get your ice creams. Whiskey, get your whiskey. 
So it's really interesting that like you know the, the, that uh, whiskey survived and it's, it was it was still around to be auctioned off in in 2016. So, so true. Uh, it's expected because uh, there are only wee bottles as well. Hey, yeah, yeah. It was like a like, it's a small like uh, not a you know miniature as in like fifty mils or something like that. It was a, a decent serving, but it was called a Nippy Sweetie Special Reserved. Uh, and yeah, just you know, a, a standard like medicine bottle thing with a cap, and uh, they expected that it was going to be uh, fetch around three thousand pounds at the time. Whoa! So hopefully, I'm sure whoever did did it didn't actually drink it though. It must still be in their collection because you wouldn't drink a whiskey like that, surely. Well, um, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it just gets to a point where you're just like, ah, oh, maybe I'll have a sip of that and see what it's like. <laughs> no. No, I don't know. It's it's like that. That's that's a. I mean, it's a moment in history, I guess. It's a yeah. little bit different than like just having a bottle of whiskey that you're just like, oh, I think it's time to crack that eighteen year old open. I know. Sorry, I, I got the wrong thing. The the bottle of uh, the his bottle of Nippy Sweet was supposed to get between two hundred to three hundred pounds, mm. but there was also a pre war strength Shivers Regal, which is expected to be distilled around nineteen oh eight. Oh wow! Which was going to fetch up to three thousand pounds. See, there's a lot of controversy about whether, like, because, like, wine, you bottle it mm. and it continues to age. Like, there's still a change in, in what is happening in that bottle because, I guess, things change over time. Yeah. Like, yeah. they age. Um, But with whiskey, it seems like there's no recognition for the aging that might happen because there must be some sort of chemical change Really, or think- chemical difference. I would have thought so, but I would have thought with yeah. I guess with whiskeys and stuff. I like guess that- it's not taking on the character of the wood because mm. obviously it's got no wood. Yeah. But um, surely it's taking on something. Well, maybe it's getting more concentrated because you're losing moisture oh, that out of the age- bottle. Yeah. Because of the angel share. Yeah. So maybe as the whiskey gets more condensed, you might get some more stronger flavors in it possibly it'd be good to do a study and um you know it'd have to be a very long-term study (laughs) just to see whether there's actually a peak time that a whiskey should stay in the bottle Mm. because i mean the flavors are quite you know i mean it's not going to go off but it should be like a, a whiskey is bottled and like particularly when you've got the blended whiskeys as well Mm. That they should be standardized so that if you get a bottle of um, Johnny Walker from last year and a bottle of Johnny Walker from 10 years ago, they should taste the same. Yeah, yeah, effectively, yeah. yeah. So that's standardization there. Although, with uh, uh, you know, whiskies like you know, Glamorangie uh, or any of the single malts, mm. as they're bottled each year. And th- those bottles come from casks that could be however many years ago. I, I do think they try and, like, get them as close as they can. True, but you would have variants in those ones, though. You'd expect yeah. so. I think that's why I like the idea of the small batch stuff. Mm. So that you, you get that experience of that's how that particular batch tasted. Mm. Like, none of us trying to, like, homogenize <laughs> the whiskey. Oh, you know how I feel about homogenized <laughs> milk, so why not bring it into whiskey as well? Yeah, no, it'd be weird to like make it all the same. It's uh, but obviously, like, if you get a bottle of a Glenmorangie, the Quinta Reuben, mm. now you want it to taste similar to what you did five years ago. Mm. So you do need to have that. Yeah, I suppose the only way you're kind of getting that um, 
consistency is through using the same barrels mm. and using the same time. Oh, yeah, your suppliers would have yeah. to be like very – like you'd be getting from the same port factory and that kind of thing. Mm. I think that that's a lot of what goes on in, in that industry is that you have your contacts and other ones that you use and, and things like that. Which um, I wonder how much is going to change after, you know, all the lockdown stuff and whether, you know, some some wineries and things might not be producing at the moment. Is there going to be some sort of like flow on effect? You know, because it's all supply chain, isn't it? Mm, that's going to be very interesting. interesting. Yeah. Um, Glen Morangy itself, what does it mean to you? Um. To me, Glamorangi is one of the the easier drinking kind of whiskies. It's a very, uh, it's an easy entry point. Like if anyone says to me, like, I would like to try a whiskey, but I don't want to have anything too smoky or strong or anything like that. Mm. Particularly the, the just you know the the normal Glamorangi that you would you would get. Oh, the stock standard was a ten year old, isn't yeah. it? The yellow label, it, yeah. It's a very. Um, yeah, it's not too in your face. It's accessible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm. so it's a good good starting point for a whiskey. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I mean, you do favour a lot of the Speyside um, and and Highland whiskies, don't you? Well, because I'm, I'm like the peated whiskies and the smoky like flavours mm-hmm. don't appeal to me as much as those smoother, sweeter kind of mm. uh, flavours that you get from those Speyside whiskies. What's the ultimate flavour that you look for? Um, I I I think it's just I I like the the, the sweetness in it, and it's not too uh, strong and alcoholy. Like you know, you get that that burn kind of taste mm. to it. Because when when I first started drinking spirits, the only thing I would taste in them was the heat, and the being young, the the objective was to you know just get drunk, and and so that was the the, the quickest way to do it. But mm. um, over over time, when I'm I'm drinking the whiskies, I prefer. Just the, the those like you know sweet flavors to it, not too not too woody, not too smoky. So it's a very like you know not something very sort of um, like something you would like. What about so- the oily ca- characteristics? No, not really. So it's yeah. more. I, I like to drink a really sweet, balanced whiskey that goes well with dessert. So like if ah. I'm having um, like a, a self sourcing chocolate pudding or something like that. <laughs> oh, that was very pointed. <laughs> yeah. uh, then that that uh, that's kind of thing I would would want to have. So it's like the two things I'll have with dessert is like whiskey or red wine. Mm. The, the two things I like having with that. Mm. Yeah. No, that's a fair call. Um, visiting Glenmorangie, because um, we kind of, we skipped out on going to Talisker in order to make it back from Sky to head up there, didn't we? Mm. And I think it was worth it. Yeah, no, it was good to, to visit. I really honestly cannot recall a lot about the visit to Glenmorangie. Okay. Um, so, because we, we visited like, you know, over two dozen distilleries in our time and they're, they're, I just can't think of anything that stands out for the whole thing of the sixteen men of Tain. Yeah, it's like they had a lot of history mm. that they were promoting around the whiskey. Yeah, yeah, but it's still. I just yeah. I mean, when we got to our next next um, whiskey, oh yeah, then, <laughs> then like there's there's like you know memories there and that sort of thing. But with Glamorgia, I remember we were rushing around that day, and yeah. so it was kind of like you know get in there and. Do the tour and did, you know, we actually, was that we, the day that we had to get the car back? Or no, no, that was the no, other day. Yeah. You're right. Okay. 
But we did have to, like, we're kind of pushing it for time in general. Yeah, because that was what we were saying at Inverness at that stage. Right, yeah, yeah okay. We were probably rushing to get back to the hotel to get some really crappy Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was. I think we had the Chinese the first night that we were there. I think we wanted to make it back so that we could actually go to a pub or something and have a proper meal. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. Have <laughs> you, you, should, have, you should tell the story. Have you addressed the Chinese on? on uh, no, no, I haven't. Okay. So well, I'm just trying to think, It was that our first trip to scotland i think it was mm. yes it was so to set set the scene um we it was our first trip to the uk am i correct mm. together because mm. obviously you were born there um <laughs> and you had been back as a teenager mm. oh, and a small child i guess as well um so we had this awesome trip planned and the first thing that we actually did was we went to Edinburgh and we had a number of friends that were over there from Perth, Australia, and um, they were up there performing or um, just involved with the arts in some sort of capacity because the Edinburgh Fringe Festival was on. So it was it was a great time that we'd had there. And then we drove up through – did we go through Dundee that trip? Yeah. Um, and stopped in Dundee for a night and then onward up to Inverness. And on the way up there, um, we had accommodation booked in Inverness, but we stopped off at Dalwhinnie on the way up. Mm-hmm. And so it was, I guess, probably late afternoon that we would have arrived. And we thought, well, we're in our accommodation. Let's go for a bit of a walk around town because really pretty little town. <laughs> And so we're walking around and looking at a few things and then we thought, oh, shivers, look at that. Um, Oh, wow. Okay, so it must be about eight, nine o'clock. We should really go and see if we can find some food. And that was where we discovered it was, what, like 10, 30, 11 yeah. o'clock? <laughs> and the pub was shut. I think it was a Sunday. <laughs> and pub was shut and we were just like, oh, Okay. <laughs> all right, so what do we do? And so we thought, well, there must be something around. And we knew that I, I'm pretty sure back at the um, accommodation that we had, because we had like a little apartment mm. thing, it was pre-Airbnb, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so and- I think that we booked it through, I don't know, some sort of website. But it was, it, it was a nice apartment that was overlooking this castle directly opposite, mm. and the castle was the courthouse, mm. which we found out. So like, yeah. We were like, oh, the castle is awesome. And then we found out it was a courthouse, and uh, um, yeah, so it was, it was quite interesting. But um, I think the apartment had like a menu for like local takeaways, mm. and we thought, oh, we'll get some Chinese in. That'd be great. We'll do that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and you can tell the story from there. <laughs> so, so we went to the Chinese. And uh, we ordered the food, and the first point where I figured that something was not quite right <laughs> was when I said, "Would you like rice or chips or both?" <laughs> and I was like, "Sorry, chips." What? <laughs> um, ge- generally speaking, we don't get chips with our Chinese in Australia. <laughs> um, or- Did you assume that it might have been like prawn crackers that they meant? No, I I, I assumed it was like you know chips, like I like potato. Oh, Cut into wedges, into wedges, <laughs> and deep fried. Um, and we went. Well, yes, fine. Um, did, did we get the chips? I don't know if we. No, I don't think I expected the chips. Yeah. And so I think I'd gone back to the apartment maybe to suss out some cutlery and stuff right. like that. And then when you rocked up, you're like, "Yeah, so um, there's chips involved." <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, so we had like some of these. Uh, I don't even know what the dishes were. 
But I remember there was sweet and sour pork mm. and the batter was like so thick and then there was like this speck of pork in the middle of it. Well, we were in, we were in Scotland, to be fair. They do like frying things. Yeah, no, no. There's nothing wrong with yeah. frying things. But I think you know, it was just like this massive yeah. dumpling with like this tiny little speck of mm. pork in the middle. But, uh, yeah, the, the, to be fair, the the, uh, the Chinese food was not uh, not great. <laughs> uh, so we ate what we, we could of it. But then Kat was just like, get it out, get it out. <laughs> just- it stank, man. Like It was like old oil smell. It was really bad. Yeah, so so uh, I had to get the uh, the stuff out of the apartment and into a bin somewhere, um, and uh, yeah, it was it was in- interesting. And we didn't actually, I don't actually recall it, on any of our subsequent trips to the UK ever even attempting to eat Chinese food. No, yeah, um, we've had we've had Indian a couple of times, yeah, um, and that's worked out quite well. But yeah, the the yeah. Gen- Never again. Generally speaking, Never we're, again. when we're in Scotland, it'll be uh, it'll be haggis, t- neeps, and taties. <laughs> yes, please. Oh my gosh, and and haggis chips. You know those. Um, oh, what brand is it that does the haggis flavored chips? Uh, oh, um, no, I can't remember. Um, Mackey's. Mackey's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mackey's. Um, so that's always a bit of a delight. Mm. Um, but yeah, that was that was quite quite the trip. I think that one that was um, pretty entertaining. It's we did very- some we did some good things. We had some good fish and chips a couple of times. Yeah, like yeah. yeah, when we went out to Sky, we did actually stop off at a little pub over there and um, had some fish and chips. True, true. And then went. Oh man, if we're going to make it to Glenmorangie, we're going to have to leave now. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, and we actually we were speaking earlier on with our, our friend who lives in Liverpool, which is not too far away from from Scotland, mm. uh, like yeah, compared to where we are. Uh, but he was uh, in his area. He lives. He goes to this place called Ktams for fish and chips, which is a Chinese restaurant as well that does fish and chips. Yeah, we've got we've got issues. <laughs> But eventually, when we do, uh, when things open up again, oh, we we're going to go have ourselves some K Tams. Yeah, we're going to go go catch up with Craig and have some K Tams. It'll be awesome. <laughs> it will be. It will be. Um, so um, again, I find this, myself in this position where my glass is a little a little dry. This okay. stuff just evaporates, man. So we're going to move on to. Um, the- so what percentage is that one? Like forty-two? Uh, is it stock standard, or pretty, is it? Pretty sure it's a stock standard one. Yeah. Uh, 25 uh, standard drinks No, I don't per care bottle. that. Um, might as well tell me how much a kid weighs in um, kilograms instead of pounds when it's born. That's really frustrating. I can't find the... the uh, oh, there it is. 46. Oh, okay. 46% alcohol. Nice. <laughs> All right. Now, I'm going to go get the next uh, one. So, I'm just going to lean over here. Oh, off mic. <laughs> You always yell at me about that. Um, now, this was a very sweet gift that you got. Yes. So... Uh, uh, our friend Alex, who, uh, if you listen to any of the general pop culture uh, podcast, you would hear his uh, sultry voice uh, at the end of the uh, podcast. Uh, and he dropped off a, a bottle of uh, Brooklady to me, uh, the progressive Heb- Hebridean uh, distillers, um, which uh, I, I, I've always liked Brooklady for, for, like the bottles, like their branding. Mm. I've always thought they've got some very good like branding it's a very um when you see the bottles it's very fresh and kind of stands out and pops from because if you you studied like branding and marketing and stuff when you were at at uni didn't you yeah i mean you studied coke you should study whiskey man like because it's so diverse but if you go if you go into any any bottle shop 
and you go to the whiskey section, there is like a lot of whiskey. Mm. There's, there's a, a great amount. And the thing is, you need to be able to stand out from the crowd. Yeah. And, you know, and I think Brooklady really do that with Oh, their- they've broken away from tradition, that's yeah. for sure. And I think that one of the things that they, um, that really appealed to me, the first, um, like proper whiskey that anyone bought me was a bottle of Brooklady. And that again was Alex. Yeah. Um, but that was just the standard Brook Laddie. I'm pretty sure it was just the Laddie Classic. It might have been the Laddie 10, actually. Um, and it's just got that beautiful um, aqua-coloured bottle. And the idea of having a whiskey that's it's all organic, mm. and I think that that's the thing that I really appreciate about the story behind a whiskey is always really important and knowing that this one is is so i want to say homemade but that's not really the the case um but what they you know market themselves as is something that's done by locals and they try and keep things as local as they can in terms of like you know having scottish barley in the in the mix and um everything like that and I just really appreciate it. I mean, that box is just absolutely divine. So it's a um, magnetic box um, that's got two glasses in it as well. So, mm. so it's a bit of a special one. You do get spoiled. Oh yeah, and we we generally like uh, we'll keep an eye out for the gift packs of whiskies and stuff. Oh, like they that. make great gifts. Um, but the bottle it's itself is like this, uh, you know, bluish. It's, is that a teal color or is it? Well, I mean, I'd call it teal, yeah. but um, as one of my colleagues, Paul, would say, um, teal is a spectrum that we seem to be able to see these days. Um, you can have something that's a bit blue and it looks teal, like <laughs> the posters behind us. They're blue, but if you squint a bit, it's teal. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so it's a, but it does really stand out from all, because you don't see the actual color of the whiskey or anything like that because the whole bottle is uh blue and uh so when when you see this on a a shelf it really does stand out um and yeah so but the 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 actual distillery itself has got a an interesting history because um it was a a distillery that was producing whiskey that that got shut down Mm. and then there was i think it was owned by the jim beam group of companies i think so yeah mm. and they'd they shut it down and there was a, a guy that was just like riding along in isla and and riding s- along on a cycle on a cycle yeah, yeah. yeah. and he uh, he saw this distillery and he was like oh my god and so he kind of like you know jumped the fence and you know did some exploring i think he got kicked out mm. and then he got in touch with the owners which we believe was jim beam and um, just like you know, said I want to buy this place, and so he bought the distillery. And then once he'd bought the distillery, they discovered that there was actually a, a warehouse there that was storing a heap of whiskey that was being <laughs> aged. Yeah, uh, and I think at that point they just had to pay the tax on the. the it was whiskey. a hell of a bargain, mm. really was, and that would have actually um, allowed themselves to get. You know, spend a bit of money on this marketing side of things, I guess. Yeah, and and so I got got them across the line, and they've also uh, branched out into uh, doing gin as well. Mm-hmm. They've got a a, um, a gin still, um, and so that's the botanist, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but it's that, the gin still was called Ugly Betty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
and, and uh, but it's like out of all the the tours we've done of distilleries over the years, mm. I think it was one of the best the best tours we've done um, because there was a two uh, you know college students who were just finishing up doing their 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 time there and were about to go back to college, and um, they decided to do it together. They were, they were a great double act. Yeah, really they were. Entertaining. Yeah. And uh, during the, the, the course of the uh, the tour, they they uh, had, like, questions. And if you won the, the questions, you got extra tastings at the, <laughs> oh, end, yeah. at the end of the tour. Oh, what was the one that I had? Um, it was the Octomore, wasn't it? it was, yeah. And it, was, it just about knocked my socks off. It was just – it was crazy, crazy strong. And we'd already had a fair amount of whiskey. And gin. <laughs> yeah, and the, and the question was um, that uh, did they distill a spirit that was strong enough to fuel a car to drive around the island? And the answer was yes. Yes, yes it was. Yeah. And I was the one bold enough to answer that question and also the one that was bold enough to thank you. Um, also the one who was bold enough to drink my prize, which was a dram of said whiskey to be sure you did share the prize with- hey look at you th- what look at that that's a bit uneven i'm all about gender equality sir <laughs> ah that's not a bad way to go about it swap them um, um yeah. yeah to to be fair it's uh yeah you did share the whiskey with people so so it was a uh, yeah because it was really strong yeah um but uh yeah, the, 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 the classic laddie is a, a nice dram from um, uh, the Brook Laddie uh, distillery. Uh, uh, I suppose you'll be you'll actually be paying, playing the, uh, the pronunciation to make sure we are getting it correct because we have in the past uh, you know, mispronounced uh, the name of different uh, distilleries. Um, uh, I think the favourite was Ockintoshan, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we really, uh, really got that one wrong. Should we, should we give this one a shot? Yeah. Brook there you go. Nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a uh, it's interesting though, because Speyside is uh, traditionally a region where you get the very peated kind of whiskies. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but each of the distilleries tends to do a unpeated whiskey because they know that that is a very particular kind of taste that people go for is the, the peterness. As far as I know, it's only Brook Claddy and Bonnehavain that do the oh, I don't know whether I said that right. Yeah. Um that do the unpeated. Yeah. Kil- Kilcoman might. Bowmore don't? No. Really? Not so much as I know. Oh I could have sworn I had Bowmore that wasn't petered. Oh I am probably wrong. <laughs> probably. But this uh the the, the Brook Laddie, uh the, the classic Laddie is not a and very old whiskey. Um it is like you know, just looking at the color of it, it's very pale comparably. Mm. So, um, not yeah. as pale as some that you see, but yeah, fairly pale. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, it's a but it is a very strong whiskey, like fifty percent. Oh yeah, mm. you're right. So yeah, so you'd expect with it being so so young that uh, it's going to be a bit more bitey, new closer to new spirity kind of thing. So. Mm. I mean, it has to be at least three years old. Yeah. And a day. But you can't, even from the smell of it, you can smell it's like not as, like, you know, not, not as aged as other whiskeys. Do you reckon 
there is a touch of smoke on that. No. Smell that. Yeah, but it smells it's bacony. Bacony. Yeah, but like that's what I'm saying. Like, there's just a hint of smoke. Yeah, but it, it's an unpainted whiskey. Maybe it's just the the essence of Isla just getting inside inside mm. the whiskey. Tell you what, that was one of the best runs I've ever been for. Yeah. Is to just go along the bay and just really just the iodine just washes mm. across you. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 a great place to go if you if you are a whiskey um, uh, drinker and you want to go and you know, experience a, a place that's just steeped in whiskey. Then yeah, Isla is a place to go. Mm. But there is something slightly smoky mm. about it, like in a bacony kind of way. Is that weird? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I'm getting that. That's weird. Maybe I did cook bacon earlier. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> so maybe I'm just having flashbacks to the bacon. And that was a good bacon dish, you've got mm. to admit. No, no, very nice, very nice. But yeah, it's... um. I, it, it, but this is kind of like the 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 book you're going to drink if you don't like the the smoky ones because all, all the other ones will be very, you know, a lot more smoky and uh, th- this one is just a really easy drinking. Kind For fifty percent, yeah. like you've got to admit, it's it's very smooth mm. and not as sweet as the the Glamorangi mm. um, Quinta Reuben. Yeah, but yeah. it hasn't had that port finish, so no. that that kind of figures. I'd really love to know what age it is. I mean, I know it hasn't got an age statement on it, but it'd be interesting to know how long they put this one down for generally. Mm. But it wouldn't surprise me if it sort of varies depending on different seasons and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Can I tell the other story about Brook Laddie? Yeah, you can. So we're going around doing this tour and um, before I won my th- um, Dram of the Octomore, which is a massive freaking dram, which is why I end up sharing it around with everyone. Um. I say everyone, like everyone else on the tour because there was only Lewis and I there. Mm. And you were driving, of course. Yeah. Because you're such a good sport. And so we go through. And the one thing that really struck me about Brook Laddie was there was something genuinely homegrown about it. Like you went through the the mash tun and everything like that. And it's just like everything just felt really homegrown and a little bit more, not necessarily rustic. Mm. Yeah, maybe a little bit like less modernized and more hands-on and everything like that than some of the distilleries that we've been to. Anyway, so we're getting towards the end of the tour and we head out to um, one of the warehouses and we're sort of just having a bit of a look around. And so the, that was sort of like getting to the point of wrapping up the um, the two mm-hmm. people that were doing the tour. And they're like, oh, look, okay, right. Um, we're going to have to go because um, – uh, Jim McEwan's just um, come in here and you know, he just it, they're obviously doing something so we're going to have to chuff off. Okay, cool. So we all start to sort of like get ready to sort of leave and it wasn't like we were actually doing anything. We were just kind of like hanging out in the warehouse which is always like, to me it's an awesome smell mm-hmm. and just it's amazing being around all these different barrels that are aging over different periods and different barrels that have had different things in them over time. And then all of a sudden we hear this like great big thunk <laughs> and we're like, and then what do you call out? He's just like, are you not going to come and have a dram with me or <laughs> something like that? I can't remember what it was he said. Can you remember? No. It was something like that. And so we go there and 
like next thing you know, he's got all these like little cups lined up for us because they were just like, oh, okay, this is not normal. But I think it was her last tour. I think that he might have like come out to actually do that. Yeah. And so he, um, they were having a look at one of their experimental casts to see where it was at. And it was just really cool. So he gets a thief and he just lines it all up and wastes Boy, a lot of whiskey. Wait, it was like, just to, to people who don't know the, the terminology, um, it, I think the cask was a 30-year-old cask of whiskey. At that point, yeah. yes. And they were doing an experiment to see, like, what point is the peak of this whiskey. Mm. And so they, they, they opened it up, like, so there was a, a cork on the top of it, which they knocked out, and it had an amazing sound when they knocked the cork mm-hmm. out. Uh, and then he used a, a whiskey thief, which is basically like a, a big... Like when you use a straw to um, draw a little bit of the liquid out of yeah. the glass... You know, with that, you know, you see barmen doing it all the time. Yeah. It's so the you, same concept. Yeah. So you basically put, put it down there, put your finger on the top, cause a vacuum, pull it out, and you've got liquid there. Mm-hmm. And so he was pouring that into these little um, shot glass type things, and we, we each person got one. And uh, yeah, it, it, there was a lot of whiskey wasted. <laughs> like a lot. it was, uh, and it's like your know, thirty-year-old whiskey. If you've ever seen them in the shops, they ain't cheap. <laughs> Not at all. But it was it was kind of cool, and he did a wee toast. And um, what was her name? Was it, it was Tessa? I can't remember her name. No it's, idea. A long time ago. Yeah, it was a long time ago. And so he does this little toast, and then he throws his glass over his shoulder. Yeah, <laughs> we're all just like going, "Oh my god, we're going to drink out!" <laughs> and it was just, it was amazing yeah. whiskey. It was spectacular whiskey. I think they were doing some weird experiment as well with like um, sauterne, um casks if i'm not wrong they were using a different kind of wine than they usually did okay yeah that had been in the cast previous Mm. previously so yeah so that was amazing i mean jim mckeown i mean (laughs) come on that was pretty cool. Yeah, so it was very good. So if you do uh, get over to, to Scotland or particularly to get to Ireland, then yeah, definitely the Brooklady uh, Distillery is a, a great place. Oh, definitely get out. into their mm. tour. And um, big thanks to Alex because, I mean, he got me onto the Brooklady stuff and um, and otherwise I don't think we would have necessarily hunted that particular distillery down. Mm. No, it's it's really good. It just uh, yeah, definitely go and check that out. And the the laddie, the classic laddie. Uh, if you want to get a you know taste of the quintessential Bucklady whiskey, mm. this is it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely check check that one out. I think um, Bucklady and Kilcoman I quite admire for what they do in terms of using local barley's where they can mm. as well. Like both of them, oh, the dogs are going off. Um, both of them try and source local barley where they can and do like expressions that use that particular barley mm. so it's, it's pretty cool the stuff that they do i like these smaller distilleries that are not necessarily owned by big houses and com- conglomerates yeah yeah no, it, it is good because they they tend to have more flexibility in the things they do mm. so they can do some really unique kind of stuff i think so yeah um, thank you for sharing your drums with me. No, that's all right. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I did. <laughs> um, do you have anything else you want to say? No, I think I, I'm, I'm quite good. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. All right, we'll catch you guys next time. Bye. Maybe for my birthday. Oh, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture.